At Kroger, we believe local produce shouldn't be hard to find. That's why we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring the fresh produce you love to our stores. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself, because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Thank you very much for listening. Um, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping, just to get started. So congratulations to the few people, there was only, I believe, three or four actually guessed right, um, about this week's episode. So this week's episode is regarding the Bismarck, the German battleship. So for those of you who aren't on the Facebook group, get yourself on the Facebook group. We do a little challenge every week and uh, hopefully let people guess and try and guess what the episode's about. So this week I posted a picture of the German battleship Bismarck. Had a few good guesses. Um, Some of you guessed the other German battleships, just not the correct one. So that was pretty good. Some people obviously knowing quite a bit about their history as well. And uh, even got asked a few questions on there in regards to who the captain was. So thank you for that. If there any questions and things like that, just pop them on the Facebook group. I can always help you out. And we do our best to keep you all informed as well as we can regarding history. For those of you who did guess Titanic, I do uh, have to apologise. Unfortunately, you are very wrong. It was not the Titanic. However... We will be doing a show on the Titanic, and that will be coming to you with my co-host for the day, which will actually be my father, David. And if I'm honest with you guys, what that man does not know about the Titanic is not worth knowing. So when that show comes out, I hope we all enjoy that one. And we shall now get on with the show. So this week, like I said, we're covering the German battleship Bismarck. Now, Bismarck was actually launched on February 1939. I believe it was launched on the 14th of February. So it was a Valentine's Day ship. It was completed, however, and ready for action in August 1940. So it did take roughly a year and a half for Bismarck to be completely decked out with its guns and its decking and its hull and everything like that, ready for battle, ready for its first action. It did take about a year and a half. So we're actually going to cover the main details about the Bismarck. So, the Bismarck was actually named after Chancellor Otto von Bismarck, a German Chancellor, and it was, at the time, the largest battleship Germany had ever built. So, obviously there have been bigger ships that Germany have built, but at the time, 
the Bismarck was the biggest ship. It weighed over 50,000 tons when it was fully decked and fully crewed, and it was roughly 823 feet in length. So it was a hell of a ship. It was a very, very, very big ship. It had a top speed of 30 knots. Now, putting that into context, the British ships at this time had a top speed of around 25 to 27 knots. So it was faster than the British ships and a lot bigger. It uh, had enlisted on it roughly 1,900 sailors. I believe the when it was sank, it had 1,962 sailors and 103 officers. So it was very, very well crewed with over 2,000 men on board. Again, just to put it into context, the pride of the British Navy at this time was HMS Hood, which had roughly 1,400 men on board. So the Bismarck obviously became quite a proud ship for the German Kriegsmarine, which is their word for navy. It boasted eight 15-inch guns. Now, for those of you who don't know, a 15-inch gun is not a 15-inch gun. It is a 15-inch shell. And the actual gun itself was roughly 20 metres. In fact, it was 19.63 metres in length. And it weighed over 122 tonnes. So a 15-inch gun was not actually 15 inches. It was nearly 20 metres in length. So they were huge, huge guns. And they could fire roughly 22.7 miles. So bearing in mind the human eye can't see that far... You can just imagine how far these guns could actually fire. It also boasted 12 5.9-inch guns, which were 8.2 metres in length, weighed nearly a tonne, and could fire over 25,000 yards. So it had a very, very big arsenal on board, and it also boasted 64 guns in total. So a lot of these were anti-aircraft gun machine guns, but it was a very, very powerful ship. The armour was up to 14 inches thick around the turrets and up to 4.7 inches thick on the main deck. So it could substand quite a lot of damage from shells with that amount of armour on board. So the captain of this ship was Captain Ernst Lindemann. However, on Bismarck's first mission, Admiral Luchens was on board the ship as well. So although Lindemann was technically captain of the ship on board Admiral Luchens had superiority over the ship. So Bismarck's first mission was basically to come out of Germany through Denmark, up the Norwegian coast, over Great Britain, past Scarpa Flow, and down into the open Atlantic Sea. Once it hit the open Atlantic, the job for the Bismarck was basically to stop any British merchant ships carrying supplies from America to Britain to help us during the war. The problem with this, obviously, if the Bismarck had actually succeeded in this and was able to get into the open Atlantic, there was no ship out there that would have been able to protect the British Navy, the British Merchant Navy. And if Bismarck had succeeded in stopping the Merchant Navy, it would have been a matter of weeks until Britain, maybe months, but until Britain would have surrendered. So the importance of Bismarck was, was unbelievable and, and the power that this ship possessed to stop the war, to finish the war. Bearing in mind at this time in 1941, 
Britain was the only enemy to Germany. France had surrendered, everyone else had surrendered, America hadn't entered the war yet, this was Britain fighting on its own against the Nazis, and if Bismarck had succeeded, we wouldn't have had, well, we wouldn't have had the island that we have now. So it was vitally important that we didn't allow Bismarck to stop the convoy of merchant ships. So, like I said, the plan for Bismarck was to go around the UK. Now, to put it into perspective, just how important Bismarck actually was to the Germans, at the end of the First World War, and I'm sure many of you are aware of the Treaty of Versailles, now the Treaty of Versailles actually removed the navy from Germany. It took their navy away from them, and basically the British took their all their ships from the First World War took them to Scarpa Flow, which is just north of Scotland, which is the, the British naval base, and they sunk them. They opened all the valves and they sunk every ship in Scarpa Flow. So Germany didn't have a military, a navy, sorry. They didn't have anything. So as soon as they were actually able to have a navy back, and then the first naval ship they have, or one of the first naval ships they have, is this huge powerful battle cruiser or battleship the Bismarck it sort of put that pride back into them so obviously it was quite important for the Germans to actually have this ship so on Bismarck's first let's say voyage it was sent with the battle cruiser Prince Oi to fulfill its task of stopping the the merchant navy now it actually took the Denmark Strait so for those of you that don't know the Denmark Strait as you come out of Norway you go north and around the top of Iceland so it completely bypasses Great Britain now the plan for that was if they could bypass Great Britain completely then they would avoid British Navy actually knowing where they were now the point for this is although the Bismarck was a powerful ship there were no navies in the world at that time that would rival the British Navy the British Navy was still the best and the most powerful navy in the world so they didn't want to fight the British Navy in fact they were actually given orders not to engage with the British Navy they were given orders specifically to go for only the merchant ships they were not to engage with British battleships because they didn't believe they could win now as they came out of the Denmark Strait they were spotted by two British ships which were HMS Norfolk and HMS Suffolk. Now these ships stayed well out of range of the Bismarck and Prince Eugen so they weren't attacked. Once they came a little bit further down they met HMS Prince of Wales and the pride of the British Navy HMS Hood or the Mighty Hood. Now the Hood was basically the most famous ship in the world at that point. Uh, it was a ship that Britain used to take around the world just to show her off really it was it had that stigma of being the greatest battleship in the world at that time and even the Germans believed the hood was unsinkable so as soon as they came round the Denmark Strait and saw the hood I think panic set in a little bit on the Bismarck well the hood actually engaged first so the, the hood fired first it actually fired at the Prince Eugen the Prince Eugen was at the front of the two ships now it's believed that the hood actually thought they were firing at the Bismarck so initially the, the Bismarck refused to return fire now 
I think that was from what we've read from historical texts. This was Admiral Luchens basically saying, "Hang on a minute, our battle plan was not to engage with the British battleships, so we're not going to engage." Now, the quotes say that uh, Lindemann actually turned around and said, "I will not have my ship shot out from under my ass." And as soon as he said that the Bismarck started to return fire. So he took control of the, the helm and uh, Bismarck started to return fire. Now, the battle did not last very long as one of the shots from the Bismarck actually ended up landing through a magazine casing on HMS Hood and it blew up. The ship split in half and sunk within three minutes. And out of the 1,400 and 18 men 1,418 men only 3 survived so as you can imagine this took a huge effect on the British, now this is their pride this is the pride of the Royal Navy this was their flagship their dominance in naval power and it was sunk in 3 minutes with 3 survivors now the basically Winston Churchill turned around and said we will get the Bismarck we're going to put every ship on it we're sending everybody so what actually happened was the Bismarck at this point had to abandon its missions obviously it did take heavy damage during the fight um, both Prince of Wales and the Hood did score direct hits on the Bismarck and on the Prince Eugen once Hood had sunk the Prince of Wales retreated and sort of left the battle Bismarck did not chase they they left Prince of Wales as it was and let it let it run away now with Bismarck being damaged the plan was to retreat Bismarck back to France where it could be serviced and sent back out and Prince Eugen was to carry on the the mission and carry on down to the Atlantic and see what it what damage it could do so the British, like I said, had to send everybody. They sent every available ship after the Bismarck. Now, they actually sent six battleships, two aircraft carriers, 13 cruisers, and 21 destroyers. So they sent a lot of ships after after the Bismarck. And their plan was to sink it. There was no plan to allow it to survive and, and get the officers off or to allow... You know, just to disarm it or anything like that. They wanted it at the bottom of the sea. There was no, there was no other option for the British. Now, this uh, obviously had a big deal to do with the fact that the Bismarck had sunk the pride of the British Navy, and you know, British morale was down. And with this, the British, I believe they they thought they would have had a win. Let's say, if they'd have managed to sink the Bismarck. So, what they actually did was they. They chased the Bismarck around the Atlantic. And the first thing they, they realised, obviously, the Bismarck, like I said earlier, was a lot faster than the British ships. Now, they had a few British ships that were north of Britain, and they had a few that were south in Spain and Gibraltar around that area. So what the plan was, was to try and scissor the Bismarck, so some from the north and some from the south, and, and try and take the Bismarck top and bottom. The problem was the Bismarck was a lot faster than the British ships now the British only really had one option at this point to try and sink the Bismarck and that was to send nighttime aircraft 
to to torpedo bomb the Bismarck. Now, it makes sense. However, the British torpedo bombers were the fiery swordfish. Now, for those of you that don't know, the swordfish was a tiny little biplane. It had two wings, two seats, and the capacity to hold one torpedo. So they weren't the best ships, uh, the best planes in the world, and they were coming up probably against the biggest and the best ship on the, in the world. Now, they, when they first flew, they actually ended up almost attacking HMS Norfolk. So the problem with, obviously, nighttime flying, they, they didn't know which ship was which. Now, at this time, the only real way of distinguishing the ships was either the flag on the back, the name on the side, and that, or if you knew your ships, then you would know by, by instant sight. So most of these pilots had no idea what ship they were coming up upon. They were sent in a certain direction. When they got there, they saw a big grey battleship and they thought, that's it, we're going we're gonna to attack. Now, obviously, when they realised that they'd attacked the wrong ship they had to abort the mission the problem with this is obviously now the Bismarck was vitally aware of the fact that the British were planning on using torpedo bombers to, to attack them now there were a few attacks that were actually dropped on the right ship I believe there was two or three swordfish that actually managed to find the Bismarck and attack the Bismarck with torpedoes but it did very very little damage and the Bismarck sailed on you know the British ships had no chance. The, the, the problem, the, the another advantage, let's say that the Bismarck had was one, it was a lot faster, and two, it didn't have to avoid German U-boats. Now, German U-boats were possibly one of the most deadliest threats to the British Navy at this time, and the way the British used to avoid them was instead of sailing in a straight line, they would sail in a zigzag pattern. So they would go. To, to starboard then to port then to starboard then to port for Brit for those of you who don't know that's left right left right um, and what they would do was this would confuse the U-boats and, and they would not be able to, to attack the British ships now obviously this takes a lot more time changing direction of the ship the Bismarck got even further away so the Bismarck now had a, a sizable lead and it was actually lost from radar so the two ships that were that had the radar capacity at that time was the Norfolk and the Suffolk, and they had lost them from their radar screens. Now the Bismarck was gone. You know, it was in the it was in the Atlantic Ocean. Nobody knew where it was. They couldn't find it. And if it got to France, then that would have been it. We'd have lost the war because the only way that the merchant navy could get in was through the south coast of England. And if the Bismarck was there to stop them with the support of the Luftwaffe, then there was no way the British would have been able to sink that ship. The problem that the British had was if the Bismarck got to a point where it was covered by air support, there would any attempt to sink that would have been a suicide mission. The, the Luftwaffe at that time was far superior to the British. They had a lot more planes and you know, given the fact that they were a few miles off the British coastline, it was quite a scary thought. And and any attempt in that point to to try and sink that ship would have just just been stupid. 
And the British knew this, you know, they knew they had to sink the Bismarck. There was no there was no other option. Sink the Bismarck or lose the war. And I think it it became a big a big problem for the British. You know, they they really didn't know what to do. They'd sent planes out, they sent everything out to try and find this ship, and they couldn't find it. Now, the Bismarck made one mistake. And that was Admiral Luchens actually broke radio silence. Now, as soon as he broke radio silence, it was picked up. How uh, it was picked up in a place in England called Bletchley Park. So, for those of you that don't know, Bletchley Park is famous for the decoders of the German war. Basically, if it wasn't for Bletchley Park, we probably wouldn't have won the war. So, Bletchley Park decoded the message, and they sent their message to the British Admiralty so the British Admiralty now had a a location on the Bismarck and the order was sent for the ships in the area to change course and to to hunt the Bismarck now the problem that they had was they actually decoded the message correctly but the message was sent across incorrectly and the British actually spent seven hours sailing the wrong way which gave the Bismarck an even bigger lead now the Bismarck was one day from France and there was no way of stopping her there was no ships that were close enough to catch her there was no way of of doing anything it looked like the British had lost the war at this point they really really didn't know what to do they sent every plane out to try and find her and she was spotted now she was actually spotted um, by an American pilot so bearing in mind at this time America weren't in the war you know and and I bet all of you Americans thought this would have been a purely British episode it's not the actual pilot who found the Bismarck for the British was Leonard B. Smith his nickname was Tuck and he was from Mayview, Missouri so he actually found the Bismarck if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have found the Bismarck we hadn't found the Bismarck, we wouldn't have won the war. So, although America were neutral at this point and not involved in the war, they pretty much helped us at that point. <laughs> now, when she was spotted, they realised how close she was to France and how dangerous it was if she'd got to France. And they didn't really have any any option. They had one option that, that was to again attempt with the swordfish and to send them out with their one torpedo now obviously like i said the swordfish was a, as a very primitive ship and um, it was actually nicknamed the string bag now the string bag basically because when it was shot at or when there was a hole punctured in it it just used to be sewn back together and strung back together because it was that primitive it was made it had canvas wings and things like that it was really not um you know you know it wasn't a an advanced aircraft these aircraft left hms ark royal and flew towards the bismarck now another blunder that they did was yet again they attacked the wrong ship now this time they attacked hms sheffield but they actually did attack the ship they didn't wasn't an accident you know, whereas before when they attacked the, the wrong ship, they didn't actually send any torpedoes at the ship. They realised their mistake before they dropped them. At this point, they actually did drop torpedoes at HMS Sheffield. Now, it did no damage. They, the 
the detonators didn't go off. So this was another problem with these torpedoes was when they hit, they didn't always work. So you could get a direct hit on, on the Bismarck and it wouldn't explode and then it wouldn't have made a difference. So they really didn't have much choice once they realized they'd attacked the wrong ship. They had to go back to Ark Royal, reload and go again. Now, when they went again, this was at 10 past 7, it was basically the last attempt the British had and they sent 15 swordfish towards the Bismarck. Out of the 15 that went, only two hit the Bismarck. One of them hit the middle of, of the ship, doing no damage, and one of them hit the stern. Now, the Bismarck's Achilles heel in testing, when the Bismarck was tested, they checked everything. They were such a powerful ship, and the Germans realised that the one problem the Bismarck had was it could not turn without a rudder. Now, a lot of ships at this time what they would do is they had one propeller on the right hand side one on the left hand side and if the right one turned faster then they could turn the ship if the left one turned faster they could turn the ship the Bismarck didn't have that ability what it did without a rudder it could not turn now pure luck pure coincidence whatever you want to call it this torpedo hit the rudder and it locked the rudder at a 12 degree angle now the Bismarck could do nothing but swim around in a big circle that was it it was it was dead in the water it couldn't do anything and i think at that point the british had the biggest strike of luck that they'd ever had you know that this ship was a handful of hours from air support it looked like the whole war was gonna end there and then and one torpedo out of 15 hits the right place at the right time and disables the ship so with Bismarck circling they realised that their fate was sealed you know they, they had nothing they had to wait now to be attacked by the British the British would catch up they knew where she was and the the crew of the Bismarck I think they, they knew what was coming they knew they had to prepare for their final battle um, even Admiral Luchin's on the tannoy system inside the bismarck actually said you know we fight till the end as germans we live or die you know we win or die and that uh, that they love hitler that was that was pretty much the message we love the fuhrer and we fight till the end so everyone on the bismarck knew that the entire royal navy was coming down on them and they had nothing they, they couldn't do anything now the problem the British still had was Bismarck was, although stuck in a circle, was still one of the most powerful ships on the oceans. So they couldn't just go in and sink it. They still had to fight. Now, they did. They The British sent in ship after ship. They fired. They, they harassed the Bismarck. You know, they would... They would send one ship in to shoot and then withdraw that ship, then send another one in and then withdraw it, then send another one in and withdraw it. You know, they, they did this over and over again for the course of about 12 hours of just constantly shelling the Bismarck. And it didn't go down. You know, this ship would not sink. They, they'd sent everything. All the British Navy had had a, had a pop at it. Everyone had had a shot. And, and it wouldn't go down. You know, it was damaged. One one 
shot actually went through the tower, uh, killing Admiral Lynchens and the Captain Linman. So, you know, they were without a captain, without an admiral. The ship was going round and round in a circle. It was constantly being attacked. And they really didn't have much choice in the matter with what, what they could and couldn't do. Now, there are conflicts as to what happened next. Now, the British then sent in HMS Dorchester. And this was the only ship at the time that had torpedoes left and they told it to fire two torpedoes at the Bismarck which they did as soon as these torpedoes hit the Bismarck started to turn over and and sunk now the Germans say that they scuttled the ship now scuttling the ship is basically opening the holes filling it with water abandoning ship getting all the crew off and letting the ship sink itself now I think the British or the Germans basically would rather have seen their ship at the bottom of the ocean than in the hands of the British so this ship had been absolutely battered and torn to pieces but it hadn't sunk and the the two events let's say of the torpedo hitting and the scuttling they coincided with each other so the Germans abandoned ship scuttled it as it started to sink it was then hit with two torpedoes so the question of who sunk the Bismarck officially the Germans sunk their own ship because they scuttled it before the torpedoes hit. So the official report is that they 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 got rid of their own ship. Now there were two thousand two hundred men aboard the Bismarck. Out of these, only a hundred and fourteen survived. Now, again, this is another strange story, and for me, a story that is is very hard to to take during war and that is that a lot you ask any sailor um, stories as when they see sailors in the water they don't see them as enemy they see the ship as the enemy not the sailors so when they the British saw the German sailors in the water their plan was to, to save them there was a, around 800 to 1000 men in the water and the British the plan was to save them you know they went across they took 114 on board the plan was to take the rest and bring them back and you know they, they would have been put in a prisoner of war camp in I believe some of them were sent to Canada and there was, was some that were, were kept in England but the the, the, the plan was just to, to, to save the, the men and you know leave the ship the problem was at this point one of the British ships had spotted German U-boats or apparently spotted German U-boats off the coast, off the coast of one of the ships, and the British didn't have a choice. You know that it was either save these men and potentially be shot out of the water by the U-boats, or leave the men to drown and save yourself. Now, in a time of war, I I don't know. I suppose you you know you'd save yourself, and I I believe you know there, there was a lot of controversy over that the British sort of hightailed it out of there and, and left now personally I can understand that um, I, I think it's it's that ride or die attitude and you know I don't think you know they'd survived a, a battle they'd sunk the they'd done their objective they'd sunk the ship they'd saved some men they didn't have they didn't want to put any more lives at risk 
and they left they left the rest to drown now turned out at a later date there were actually no german u-boats operating in that area so whatever was spotted we will never know you know the only, the only person who will know is the guy who saw it and unfortunately that's not something we're ever going to find out so you know a lot of men died in these two ships you know in hms hood and the bismarck this was over like a week period sort of a i think six day period between the two ships sinking and over three and a half thousand men lost their lives so and these were at the time the two biggest and greatest battleships the world had ever seen so it's a bit of a bit of a sad story i suppose but like i said without the biz with the bismarck had succeeded in its in its objective to stop the merchant navy or if it had then managed to get back to france and was then supported by luftwaffe air support over the coast of france it would have been unsinkable you know they we would have lost the war and uh, this podcast would probably be coming to you in german rather than in english so it's one of those things where you know some good come out of something bad and as as horrible as it was for the sailors who lost their lives you know the the the, the poignant story of the bismarck still resonates throughout the british empire and how well the british actually dealt with it you know they they had to sink the bismarck they did sink the bismarck and they saved the war you know it's a story that i think many people know the story of the bismarck or have heard of the bismarck but i don't know how many of you actually know how important it was to sink you know how the british were were on a knife edge at this point i mean we we barely won any battles the the nazis were were winning everything they were a lot more superior uh, on land in air i mean hitler even described himself as a leader a powerful man who would win every battle but yet at sea i am a coward so even hitler didn't see himself as a, a great naval leader he saw himself as an, an army leader and as an air force leader and he didn't see the german navy as as a big superior power and that's why they you know they they took a lot of pride in the bismarck for the germans it was a big deal for them to actually send a ship that could rival the power of the royal navy and you know they did really that their, their ship managed to sink the pride of the royal navy the mighty hood was sunk by the bismarck and the bismarck was sunk by the germans so you know they they really did put a lot of effort into that ship and it has come out of the war as one of as one from my opinion one of the greatest maritime stories ever now i'm sure there are some of you guys who will know slightly different facts about the bismarck or may know little bits and pieces that i don't know or that i haven't covered and and if there is anything like that please let me know you know we're quite happy to i'd love to take on some advice from people if you if anybody wants to to let me know anything anybody wants to come on the show you know if you ever want to come on the show and and do an episode with me and get your voice out there and we can cover a story that you know you know feel free to message me you know with this the whole point of this is like i said i say every week this this podcast is to educate and entertain you know i want you guys to listen and to take something out of this and you know if i make your day a little bit better if you're you're enjoying listening to this on your way to work or anything like that 
brilliant you know let me know this is the thing guys you know i'm i'm getting a lot of uh, a lot of listens and i love it you know i'm really feel quite proud and quite privileged you know there's i think there's nearly six thousand listens we've had over the last sort of seven to eight weeks now for most podcasts they don't see anywhere near that so I, i'm feel very privileged to to have such such loyal listeners but let me know who you are you know let me know who you are guys i'm i'm quite a nice bloke you know dropped a line on facebook join the group there's been again another huge influx of people on the group um so yeah just you know get on there get on facebook type in this week in history podcast it comes up it's the picture of of the spitfire the same as what you'll have on your on your user on your browser on itunes or anything like that so drop us and drop us a line get involved enjoy you know i oh, as much feedback as i can get is good for me we've had a couple of reviews on itunes as well so you know if you if you're enjoying the show if you are on a an application that allows you to leave a review like itunes leave us a review you know hopefully the the more listens we get the the better we can do and hopefully i can get longer episodes out there and cover a few more things with you guys that that you guys want to cover because like i said at the moment i'm covering things that i find interesting and obviously you guys are finding them interesting too because you're listening but you know if there is anything you want covering let me know We'll, we'll get it done we'll get it sorted so the other point i would like to make is um drop us an email which is twihpod at gmail.com drop us an email if you don't want to use facebook if you do get on the facebook group there will be another game let's say of uh, guess the episode going up this week for you all so get involved in that have a few guesses uh, next week should be a double episode so we should be covering two two events in history that are not linked but if you can get both of them i'll be extremely impressed so get yourselves on that and have a listen but for now thank you very much for listening remember guys we all have history make yours great in the heat of the moment you're not just keeping it calm you're keeping it cool too with an ice cold cold brew and not just any cold brew but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor with a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top that's keeping it calm cool and cold brewed With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.